people of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us indeed rejoice as we are gathered for worship today. We welcome you to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the first time, whether you are here worshiping in our sanctuary or joining us from somewhere at home, we are delighted to welcome you to worship this day. And it is always a joy to gather as our family of faith. This family is never complete without you. And so we are delighted that you are here worshiping with us today. If you are here in our sanctuary, there is a red folder in your pew, and we invite you to take that and note your presence with us. Pass it to your neighbors so they can do the same, and especially if you are visiting today, we would love the opportunity to follow up with you in the coming days, and so would be so grateful if you would include enough information there so we can do that well in the days to come. I just want to draw, draw your attention certainly to all of our announcements in the bulletin and ask you to read those. They are there for all kinds of good reasons, but especially next week, Palm Sunday begins our journey into Holy Week. And to, next week, we are also going to begin to return to our fellowship hour, uh, which is going to take place outside. Our Congregational Ministry Committee is going to host a fellowship hour out near our playground so that kids could play after worship, so we can join in fellowship together. And we hope you will stay to greet one another after our service next week. If it is raining like it is today, we will move indoors uh, and do that as safely as we can together. So we are grateful for your presence today. We hope you will join us next Sunday, and we hope you will continue to prepare your hearts as we all do as we move toward the cross and the holy week that is to come. We have continued to remind ourselves that we are, we are praying, God, take my life, take all that I am, let me lay it at your feet as we enter into this holy week and as we continue our journey in this Lenten season. So friends, let us quiet our hearts, let us quiet our minds, and focus on our God alone of God together. responsive call to worship. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a penitent heart, a remorseful and contrite heart. 
O God, you will not despise. Bless the Lord, all the Lord's hosts and ministers that do the Lord's will. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within. Bless God's holy name. Let us worship God. Please continue to stand and join us in singing hymn number 35, Praise Ye the Lord, the Almighty. Beloved church, we come to this place to praise our God. And in this Lenten season, we praise with our eyes wide open. We recognize the obstacles before ourselves and before God, and we seek to address them head on. So let us continue to praise our God in this way. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is found in your bulletin followed by a time for silent confession. You asked for my hands, O oh God, that you might use them for your purpose. I gave them for a moment, then withdrew them, for the work was hard. You asked for my mouth to speak out against injustice. I gave you a whisper that I might not be accused. You asked for my eyes to see the pain of poverty. I closed them 
for I did not want to see. You asked for my life, that you might work through me. And I gave a small part, that I might not get too involved. Lord, forgive my calculated efforts to serve you, only when it is convenient for me to do so, only in those places where it is safe to do so, and only with those who make it easy to do so. O oh God, forgive me, renew me, send me out as a usable instrument that I might take seriously the meaning of your cross. People of God, hear the good news concerning the love and forgiveness of God. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows now how we are formed. He, remind, he remembers that we are dust. And so, together, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. people as forgiven people let us share with one another the peace of Christ using American Sign Language may the peace of Christ be with you and also with you let us share with one another the peace of Christ offer all of our life to God, please join us in singing our prayer for illumination, which is verse 5 of the hymn, Take My Life. The text is printed in your bulletin. Together, let us sing.
Our first scripture reading comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 46, verses 8 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. Remember this and consider, recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My purpose shall stand, and I will fulfill my intentions. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man for my purpose from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have planned, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I would now like to invite any young friends forward for a time for young disciples. And we're going to come all the way up to the top of the chancel. Come on up. Come on up. Have a seat. Good morning. Good morning. Come on up. All right, can I scoot in here, Tucker? Hello, hello. Come on in, come on in. Yeah, you can sit right there. There you go. Well, it is great to see all of you today. I'm so glad that you are here. Today, our Bible story is going to talk about what God wants. And Pastor Jack is going to preach a sermon on what God wants. And what we call that is what God wills. God's will. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what God wants. And so today, I brought something that kind of talks about that. And it is a book. It is a book called, What is God Like? And so I wanted to read a couple of pages from it to see what God is like. So let's see what's in this book. I don't know if you all can see it. I can... I can't see you, God, so please give me a clue. Do you look like me, and do I look like you? Are you big or little? Are you short or tall? Can you really see me when I am so small? I know, that's a good question. Where do you live in a house? How do I know you are somewhere nearby? And then God says, I live in the world and in heaven above. Do you see there? You see that kite? It connects the heavens and the earth. I live in the hearts of my people who love. You see those people there? All those people who love? Yeah. For I am the maker of heaven and earth. I spoke and my word brought all life into birth. I'll love you forever, whatever you do, for without, for, it's hard to read upside down, for nothing can separate my love from you. 
Yeah, me too. I've loved everything that I make from the start. My world and my people I hold in my heart. So when we think about who God is and what God wants, we think about creation. We think about each other. We think about all the things that God created and all the love that God has. All the love that we see in the world, all the love that we see in each other, and that helps us figure out to see what God wants. So this week, I wonder if you got and see what you think God looks like or what God does, okay? All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. For your will and your love. For your will and your love. And we pray. And we pray. That you help us. Love your world. Love your world. Amen. Amen. Well, it is great to see you, young friends. You can go to Time with Music with Miss Carpenter and with Mr. Eric, who are all the way in the back. Or you can head back to the pews. scripture lesson from the New Testament today comes from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. Today I'm just concentrating on one simple verse. Matthew 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Two parents were engaged in a conversation about their children. One asked the other, do your teenagers have willpower? Yes, replied the other, and they also have a lot of won't power. <laughs> willpower or won't power? Willpower is generally related to personal desires and our wills to follow through in obtaining them. People have wills, and I'm not talking about legal documents today. People have wills, and in exercising our will, our willpower, yours and mine, is generally applied in getting what we want, what we will. Would you use your power for someone else's desires? Or would you use your willpower according 
to someone else's will. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, only if you do the will of my Father will you enter the kingdom of heaven. So doing the will of God must be very important. God has a will, and we are to do it, for which there is a benefit. As we sang the hymn today, Take My Life, we sang of offering our wills to God, that we, they may be God's. And we offer our royal throne, the very seat of God's, God's full power of love that might reside within us. Will we or won't we give our will? With all the energy generated for gathering in our deepest desires, will we or won't we give them over to God as we just sang. The difficulty of talking about the will of God is that we may not be clear on what it is. Any dictionary will tell you the definition of the word will. It means desire or wish. It is engaging in an act deliberately and by choice. It involves intention or determination and includes the power of self-direction. You know the saying, where there's a will, there's a way. Well, while there is a desire, there is probably a way to fulfill it. And if I want it, I will get it. When we feel this and do it, we are a force exercising our wills with the freedom to do so. It is our freedom of will and our intelligence that distinguishes humans from all the other animals. This is what it means in Genesis 1 when it says that humans were created in the image of God. To be created in God's image, it says there in Genesis, is to have intelligence and freedom of will just as the Creator God has. In that respect, we humans are like God. In being created, there is a freedom to choose, freedom to determine one's path and to fulfill one's desires. For a look at God's will, we can find some insight in the book of Isaiah that was read today. The Hebrew word for will is translated in this passage as purpose, and it's used two times. The passage refers to the calling of a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from the far country. This is a reference to Cyrus, the Persian king who captured Babylon and freeing the Israelites from their bondage and exile. This action permitted the exiles to return to their own country and to rebuild their temple and to rebuild their lives. 
It was an act of salvation. It was an act of God's love. The prophet relates that God's purpose of redemption and salvation stands. It is what was planned. And that the future lives under the same purpose as the past. Leslie Weatherhead, a 20th century Christian theologian, said that the will of God is that God intends for people to follow God's guidelines and to do the right thing. He comments that God sets the laws of physics and chemistry into play. But God's ultimate will is to create a peaceful world dominated by love and compassion. It is not God's will then to control the universe or to control every individual event of a person's life as if we had no choices or desires of our own. God's purpose is that of salvation. But that does not mean that our, we live our life without troubles. We are human beings set in, a, in different circumstances where individuals must make choices in an imperfect world. We make choices every day. And those, sometimes those choices lead to difficult circumstances in our own lives. But it also means that even when we struggle against life's difficulties, we who believe in Jesus Christ our Lord should not give up, but will our power in creating a peaceful and loving world as best we can. Our religion may seem to fail at times, but calling on the name of God enshrines Christ's eternity and continues to assure us of a certain salvation. Also, the words of Matthew help us to focus on right behavior in doing God's will. These words of Jesus are at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. And this final section of his sermon contains some practical advice for the community and instructions for the disciples. And then Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. The situation was that the disciples had approached Jesus, and they probably addressed him as Lord, which is a title of respect and intelligence. This title was familiar to Jesus' followers. The disciples also knew enough to believe that when they heard Jesus spoken of as Lord, they also believed him to be the Lord of heaven and earth. And so they called him Lord, just like everyone else. They may have called him Rabbi, 
meaning my great one or my teacher. But rather than addressing Jesus as Lord, Jesus insists that it is essential to do the will of my Father who is in heaven. The meaning implied is as to say, do God's will as if it were your will. His point was, it is obsess a person as my teacher if you do not pay attention to any of his teachings. Matthew tells us, and through these words, Jesus is enlightening us to address a problem in the behavior of some of the early Christians. People of the early church supposed that showing the proper deference in worship, saying the right words, and showing up for the right services and rituals was all it took to be a religious person. That type of worship shows an obvious disconnect of understanding, understanding the will of God, and from genuinely doing it. This type of worship also enables the worshiper to turn even the sacraments into an emotional substitute for doing the will of God. To believe that coming to the table of Christ and consuming some bread and some wine is sufficient to be called a disciple or a Christian is to make a mockery of his death. Also, one of the realities of the first century was that that kind of religious practice allowed for a mere temporary peace on the Sabbath for enslaved persons, but who were victimized by their masters the rest of the days of the week. Slavery is one way that people, people's God-given freedom of will is hindered. And unfortunately, 2,000 years of Christianity has not eliminated slavery or injustice in our homes, our communities, our places of worship, and even in our churches. The peace offered in this sanctuary is a peace that should be carried out of these doors to our communities and our homes. If we are to do the will of God, then we must somehow attain and develop an ability to be aware of others as true human persons, a person who is important to themselves as we are as important to ourselves. Love thy neighbor includes being sympathetic to the interests and aware of the effects of others, of our actions on the lives of others. Only as Christians, identify loving God with loving all of God's creation, can we really be assured to be able to promote good over evil and to make sure that our religious practice can deal with pain, suffering, 
and injustice. That is why Jesus emphasizes, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven. He informs us that doing the will of God involves action and consecrated behavior and sympathy. Behavior that requires the whole heart and soul, so to speak. A Hebrew saying goes, be strong as the leopard and swift as the eagle, fleet as the gazelle and brave as the lion to do the will of God in heaven. That is the kind of power that we have in doing the will of God. I read a biography recently of some Civil War characters, and there was an interesting comment regarding the religious behavior of General Thomas J. Jackson, also known as Stonewall Jackson. He was known to go off by himself for an hour, two times a day, to pray. When there was an incident or decision that needed real praying over, it was said that he found, as he always did, that God's will matched up with his own. How convenient to always be right. But I don't think he got it right. Having the freedom of will allows us to do the will of God but it also opens us up to sin with all its tragedies and consequences. Remember Adam and Eve? Our sin is our own desires that leads us to substitute our will for the will of God. And in that case, we are always in need of forgiveness. And that is what God provides by sending his son. Christian faith affirms that in the cross of Christ, God makes reconciliation for all humans who have gone or have been led astray. And the resurrection of Jesus shows us that in the end, whenever it comes to a close, that the will of God triumphs. Jesus' sinless life is offered in perfect obedience to the will of God for God's purpose of bringing God's love and salvation to the world. Saint Augustine understood this and his prayer was, O God, grant that I may do your will as if it were my will, so that you may do my will as if it were your will. Will we or won't we seek the will of God? Will we or won't we be about God's purpose? May we all seek it, know it, and do it.
Let us pray. Lord God, help our understanding of your will so that we might follow in your ways and always be us be with us when we go astray that we might come back to your will with new heart. Amen. People of God, in response to the word read and proclaimed this day, let us join our voices and sing hymn number 711, Lord of all good. Let us stand and sing. Please join me as we affirm our faith through these words from a brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith. 
sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. We live in a world that often clenches our fists. We seek to shield ourselves from wills that are not our own. But God shows us a way of abundance, a will to open our hands and to receive through giving. So let us practice now the generosity of the will of our God. Let us give of our tithes and offerings.
We seek to follow the will of our God. A will that leads us to follow Jesus, a poor man from Nazareth. A will that leads us to dine with him and with one another at this table. It is here where we confront what is between us and our God, what is between us and one another. It is here where we turn faith into action, where we open ourselves up to God's grace. It is here where we experience the joy of living and are nourished with the strength of faith to do God's will in the world. So come. Come to this table if you have much faith and you who would like to have more. Come you who have been here to this table often. Come you who have not been here in a long time. Come you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed. Come, this is Christ's table, and it is Christ who invites each of you to meet him here. Let us come unto God in prayer. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give our thanks and praise, O God, our Creator and Redeemer. In your wisdom you made all things and sustained them by your power. You formed us in your image to love and serve you, and we forgot your promises and abandoned your commandments. In your mercy you did not reject us, but still claimed us as your own. When we were slaves in Egypt, you freed us. You fed us the heavenly food and the wilderness. On the holy mountains, you gave us the great law. Through the waters of Jordan, you led us. You spoke through the prophets, calling us to turn from our willful ways to new obedience and righteousness. You sent your only Son to be the way to eternal life. You, O holy God, we praise you in all your majesty. We praise you, and the blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. He took upon himself the weight of our sin and carried the burden of our guilt. He shared our life in every way, and though tempted, was sinless to the end. Baptized as your own, he went willfully to his death, and by your power you raised him to new life, in his dying and rising, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from the slavery of sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts that you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy offering of ourselves that our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. 
Lord God, as we are gathered here this day, we also remember our friends and family who are in need of your prayers. We pray for those who mourn and ask your comforting spirit to surround them in their loss. We pray for those who are ill and pray your healing spirit to be with them and those who care for them and to be with doctors and nurses that those who may be ill may be comforted and that health re is restored. Lord God, we ask your presence to be with the refugees and those who mourn because of war. We pray, O oh God, for peace in the Ukraine and ask your presence to be with the leaders to call them to be peacemakers as your son has shown us. We give you thanks for all the gifts that have been brought forward this day and for the gifts and talents that you give to each one of us. Give us strength, O God, to serve you faithfully until the promise of the day of resurrection when the redeemed of all the ages will feast with you at your holy table. As our Savior taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was arrested, he took the bread, having given thanks and blessed it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. Having blessed it and given thanks, he poured it. And he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. Every time you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Friends, every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the saving life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again in glory. Today we will receive the Lord's Supper similar to the way that we receive it in intinction. I will invite you to come down the center aisle to receive one of these cups. You will notice that the bread is here and there is a, uh, also an opportunity to drink from the cup here. I will invite you to do this from your seat and say that it is probably best to eat of the cup first so that way, eat of the bread first so that way the cup does not spill on your lap. If you are in need of gluten-free option, we have some here at the center of the table. And if you are not able to come up to the table this day, you can give a hand raise to Elizabeth, who will come to you as you need.
Beloved church, as we partake in this feast together, I invite you to sing together the hymn number 516 for the bread which you have broken. Hymn number 516. Friends, the feast is ready, so come. Servers, please come forward.
Beloved church, let us pray. Almighty God, you provide the true bread from heaven, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant that we who have received the sacrament of his body and blood may abide in him and he in us, that we may be filled with the power of his endless life, now and forever. Amen. Friends, I invite you to stand and join us singing our closing hymn, 833, O Love That Wilt Not Let Me Go. Out into the world seeking the will of God. And when you find it, make it your purpose. And now may God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>